0: it's the points in the paint nba podcast with sam house russell petal and host alan goldshire
1: sam yes sir
0: will you be wearing your Dion waiters jersey to thanksgiving dinner this year
1: um, I would say probably not, uh, only because I don't think my dad would appreciate it. But if someone could get a hold of him and, and see if he wants to come uh, be my you know friend at my Thanksgiving, then I'll wear whatever he wants.
0: Let's tweet to Dion Waiters, all of us, and invite him to Sam's house for, uh, for Thanksgiving. Hey, Russell, uh, w- what's the Canadian equivalent of Thanksgiving? Is it like a, a pagan ritual that involves moose killing?
2: Well, we also have Thanksgiving. We just uh, have it a month ago when it's supposed to be
0: slam from the manada. Hey, I'm Alan Golcher, senior NBA analyst for FanDuel, and welcome to Points in the Paint, an NBA podcast powered by Numberfire, in which advanced analytics and our Numberfire proprietary metrics will help you decide whether to go with the pumpkin pie or the apple crumble. But before crumble. we get it... In- <laughs> Both. Fit a man after my own stomach. But before we get into a big dessert discussion, which we're already apparently having, uh, let's talk NBA DFS. If you like me, play NBA DFS, be sure to check out FanDuel's brand new Hot Hand series presented by Numberfire. What, what? Play five straight weeks of multi-entry NBA contests for the chance to win a share of over $50,000 in prizes, including free Numberfire premium subscriptions. That's priceless, people. To enter, go to fanduel.com or download the app and make your first lineup now. And now it's time to say, what up to my partners in basketball crime? Numberfire projections are Sam House and our Manada in Canada. Numberfire head NBA writer Russell Battle. What's a good word, Russ?
2: I'm getting all psyched up for a week that is just like every other week while everyone I know from the U.S. uh, talks about Thanksgiving and and these family dinners and, and like, football and days off and big, crazy sales. And it's just going to be another Thursday and Friday here. So I'm really psyched about that.
0: You know, it's funny you mention that, Russell, because this just came into the Points in the Paint newsroom. Thanksgiving is Thursday! More about that later. But we're going to start out the show today with a little segment we like to call Up and Down. Russ is going to tell you whose fantasy basketball stock is up and who's is down, and Sam, the Brick House, will support or refute Russ's findings using our favorite, our favorite number five proprietary metric, nerd. The Brick breaks down nerd better than anybody, so bust, a move, Sam.
1: Thank you, sir. And yeah, uh, Russ, I'll send you some stuffing through the mail, and uh, it'll probably be the <laughs> stuffing
2: is the goat side.
1: Uh, agree. So <laughs> uh, anyway. Nerd, uh, from a player perspective, we'll we'll talk about that first. Uh, It's actually a a ranking that measures the total contribution of a player throughout the course of a season based on their efficiency. Zero represents the league average, and this ranking gives an estimate of how many games above or below 500 a league average team would be, with that player as one of their starters and the rest league average players. So stuffing is like uh, 25
0: Stuffing's a 25 ner without question. Potatoes, I give maybe a 17, but if you add a little truffle oil in there, brings it up to 20. Um, the first guy that uh, you have on your little buy list today, uh, Russell, is a guy that I bought in uh, my first fantasy draft this season. That's uh, Rookie Rubio at the point.
2: Yeah, Tricky Ricky um he's been basically two different players this season uh through the mm. first eight games he was scoring nearly 18 points per game he was hitting two triples a game shooting over 43 percent which of course would be a career high for him as a guy that perpetually shoots under 40 um he was ranking in the top 30 in nine cat leagues um since then however he's uh, averaged under 10 points he's hardly hitting any triples anymore everything is down across the board he's shooting under 30 percent he's ranked outside the top 200 he's basically in just a a slump he's in a rut and uh we know that rubio is closer to the early season version uh if either of the two are, are really the true version of him so i mean the guy's never finished outside the top 100 he's been in the top 50 each of the last two seasons i just see this as a good buy low opportunity
0: uh one thing about ricky rubio that uh people seem to forget he's not a great defender but man the dude can steal he steals and steals and steals uh are you on the rubio train sam
1: i am i am I, i'm with russ on this one uh, outside of 2014, 15, where he only played 22 games, Rubio hasn't been a negative nerd player since his sophomore season, uh, and he currently sits at minus one uh, this season, which is not a great start. But but we have you know seen guys again have trouble when they adjust to new rotations on new teams, uh, mm. and even though he had gone off to a, a early good start, I mean it's been tough sledding lately, especially without uh, Rudy Gobert in the lineup who. You know covers a lot of the deficiencies for a team who is is lacking at at a lot of things and and Rubio has been forced to you know try to to pick up pick it up a little bit with more usage he's he, we 've seen it the highest usage of his career lately and and that 's uh, now transitioning into playing alongside Donovan Mitchell, who's having a breakout campaign. Um, and, and one thing that we've seen a lot from Rubio is we've seen his assists come down. Uh, he's at a career high in usage and a career low in assists. So these are, these are things that will improve with better chemistry. Once they have a better understanding of the rotations, when Rudy Gobert comes back, that will help. These are all things that are pointing in the right direction for him, and I think he's a buy now.
0: Yeah, I think your point about the rotation is is perfect in that he is a new arrival. Donovan Mitchell's a rookie. He's a new arrival. Uh, Rudy Gobert is, is off doing his thing. Uh, Derek Favors is finally getting a little bit of time. And I think once everybody gets acclimated to each other, we're going to see the uh, early season Rubio. Uh, now, Russell, uh, this one seems sort of obvious, uh, but by John Wall, why why are you putting him on our list today?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's just been off to a slow start, and sometimes when those slow starts are extended over the 15, 20 games or so, uh, you can still convince uh, some owners to to move off of him if you can give them something in return, like perhaps selling high on someone at the same time. So Mm. basically, Wall's uh, slow start to the season, he's ranking outside the top 50, uh, he 's missed a couple games due to minor injuries. He had a shoulder issue. He had some swelling in his knee, but I mean there are no major structural concerns there for, as far as we know. Um, the team is just being cautious and uh, his line actually isn 't that far cry from his top twenty season uh last year it 's just uh you know incrementally lower in in almost each category but give give him a bigger sample size over the rest of the season and i 'm sure he'll be back up to being the top thirty guy we've known for the last four years so you know i look at that lower ranking i look at those nagging health issues and i just want to float at some offers so i I would recommend that you do the same
0: yeah it's not a bad idea uh sam one thing about the wizards uh they kind of got off to a little staggery start but their nerd has picked up their their team nerd puts them in the top 10 i think they're ranked at number seven right now uh how do you feel about that and john wall
1: yeah great point alan and and not only is their team nerd up but john wall's a player nerd has been up this season too. He's coming off a career year in which he posted a five point six nerd and is actually on pace to surpass that this year. So he's playing. Wow. he's playing very efficient basketball despite the fact that his uh, his er, he's outside of the top fifty when he's struggling a little bit early in the season. But uh, he's still a, he's a stud and he should. I, I'd be buying for you know anything that you could get him for right now. Almost he's he's probably a, a top two round value.
0: So it'd be a tough to pry him away from somebody, but
1: give it a shot. What the heck?
0: Um, so, Russell, if if Sam didn't have his shrine to Dion Waiters in his bedroom, he might well have a shrine to Gary Harris.
1: Yeah, I might have both right now. You don't know that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean Gary Harris is another one of those guys that's really a points in the paint guy. Now I think we really laid claim to him because we've talked about him a lot in the the breakouts or the sleepers and the all those things. And we've been, we've been talking about them pretty much nonstop all season, just like guys like Aaron Gordon and Clint Capella. So Mm -hmm. basically I'm just, I'm begging people to start taking Gary Harris seriously. Like I I get questions sometimes about, um, you know, trading him for players that are not even close to his value. He's actually only owned in 80% of Yahoo leagues and 60% on ESPN, despite the fact that he's knocking on the door of top 40 value. And that just doesn't compute. Um, There's nothing super flashy in his line. I get that. Uh, I mean, his value doesn't really come from the high-volume popcorn stats like uh, points, rebounds, and assists. But, I mean, he gives you a lot of threes, steals. He has a sterling shooting split. He uh, Low turnovers. And he, he, his contributions are decent everywhere else. So, I mean, the, if the ownership percentages are an indication of how people value him, I'm looking to fleece his owner in basically any <laughs> league I can.
0: I think Sam just stabbed, stabbed himself with a fork when he heard those ownership percentages.
1: Yeah, it's insane that he's not 100% owned because he's a top 50 player in in fantasy, which... It what we told you he was going to be coming into the year. I actually think we had him projected for like 45th overall coming into the season as a, uh, on our site projections in our draft kit. And, and he's surpassing that right now. He's, he's 41st overall in 9-cat scoring. I mean, he's posted a 0.6 nerd through 14 games. And, and he's, he's at a 117 offensive rating. He's taking and making wow. more threes than last year. He's blocking more shots. He plays great defense. He's, he's shooting at a higher percentage than last year. And I I don't understand. I, I think Russ is probably pretty disappointed that I'm the one who owns him and, and the league I'm in with him. Otherwise, because he, he knows better to send yeah. me the the low ball offers. Yeah, but. I'm not even gonna bother. <laughs> don't even. Bother. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise you should be. I I've had this conversation with, with many of my friends. People asking me who who I need to buy, who should I invest in. I say get Gary Harris because people are going to start to realize how good he is soon.
0: Yeah, and you want exposure to this Denver offense that put up uh, 146 last week, even. Emmanuel Moutier yeah I said it oh (laughs) (laughs) and a groan from the peanut gallery Uh, another guy that I managed to snatch uh, way late in my on my horrible fantasy team that I've been kvetching about for the last month that I'm sure you're all scintillated to hear about Uh, Willie Cauley Stein has been picking it up as of late after he went to the bench what's up with that Russ
2: yeah, no, I I really like Willie Colley-Stein's opportunity on the post-Boogie Cousins Kings team, but um, inconsistency has been an issue in his young career. Uh, he's shown flashes of being a guy that could post the double-double, get some defensive numbers, uh, puts up a high field goal percentage, just needs to put it all together like and string some games together where he does it consistently. But that's exactly what's been going on the last week or so. He's been pretty hot, d- despite the move to the bench uh, for Scalabissier, who hasn't really done anything in his stead. Um mm. But, uh, you know Willie Colley over last week has been a mid round guy uh Sean flashes of being a guy that could consistently be in the top one hundred if if he could if he could really do it, so I'm willing to buy in just in case the kings eventually push the vets aside and go full youth, which I believe we're going to talk about a little bit later um maybe he gets his starting job back, maybe he stays in the second unit and just beats up on opposing benches. I don't know either way I, I'm I'm going to take this demotion to the bench and the overall returns on the season being a little bit low and try to buy low on him while I still can. Because I feel like this is a guy that still has a, a real chance to break out this year.
0: Yeah, there's going to be some impatient Willie Cauley Stein owners out there. And I, I was almost one of them, frankly. Uh, Sam, I know you are not a Kings fan. Their, uh, their team nerd rating is like 13, I think. Uh, so taking that into account, can you get behind a Kings player?
1: Uh, I can. We'll we'll talk about this definitely in more detail coming up about uh, how bad the Kings are and where I think they're going. Boy, oh boy, are they bad. Willie Colestine has been a positive nerd player each of his first two years of his career, and uh, he's bound to get more opportunity upcoming. And I I think now is the time to buy while, while he's still low, but... Uh, I can't imagine that the Kings continue to ride this wave of vets. Zach Randolph's still playing 25 minutes a game. It's not going to happen for long.
0: That's just kind of (laughs) silly. So uh, you have one sell on your list, Russell, and it's a guy that I have avoided for my entire fantasy life because he's just a walking injury, and that's Eric Gordon. Why don't you like him right now?
2: Uh, He's been such a tease his whole career. He has so much Mm. talent, though, and... He's filled in. He filled in admirably as a starter when Chris Paul was on the shelf. He was putting up mid-round value, scoring twenty points a game, hitting like three point five triples, playing over thirty-two minutes per contest. Um, but in the two the two games since CP's return, uh, Gordon's return to the bench, his minutes have dipped, the scoring and threes are down. Um, I mean, he could still be a, 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 a valuable fantasy asset off the bench. I mean, we saw that last year when he won Sixth Man of the Year. Um, but it's not like he's going to live up to these early season returns. Like this has been a really uh, ideal situation for him early going, and and he really capitalized on it. But uh, the, the ranking is about to come down, so you know you, you could take that that mid round overall ranking that he that he's um, put together to start the season and see if you can still net a decent player in a trade uh, if you sell now. It's a little tiny bit too late because Chris Paul's back, but I, I would still try to uh, to move him on his on his ranking which is still still quite good right now.
0: Uh Sam he's he's a good source of threes, he's a good free throw shooter. Uh, do all these issues that Russ brings up mitigate all all the positives?
1: Uh, it's not that that he's not valuable, it's that he, his value was was very much uh it was very much inflated while Chris Paul was out. And now when we see Chris Paul back he's going to drop closer to where he was last year and and I think exactly. Ru- Russ is 100% correct. If you can get him for close to his early season production with no C- Chris Paul, I think you should try to sell him. And, and you know, I will say this, though. I, I mean, don't, don't sell uh, unless you're getting the right value back because he's still valuable. It's just that uh, he, he's going to regress back to his, his average. Yeah,
2: that's the important thing in all this. Selling doesn't always necessarily mean, like, I don't want anything to do with him anymore. It's just kind of like this might be, like I kind of said with LaMarcus Aldridge last week, and I'm saying with him now, I think you really have the prime opportunity to get the most for him now that you're then you're going to get later so I like capitalizing on those situations
0: it'll be tough to get value on Gordon because most of us who do play fantasy basketball and especially people that listen to the show are well aware that Chris Paul is you know back but maybe someone's not paying attention so
2: hey there's a lot of casual owners out there i mean gary harris is available in like 40 percent of lists <laughs> boom true uh, yeah, that like i
1: i don't think people realize how big of an impact chris paul returning is going to have on eric gordon's value too I, I i just don't i don't i don't know if people are, are that woke
0: thank you sam <laughs> thank you russell uh hey russ yes you ready to sing Oh, God. I hate this part. <laughs> and now it's time for Getting Get nerdy, nerdy with, with sex. Each week, <laughs> each week, Sam will give us some interesting nerd-centric NBA factoids, and we'll then kick them around for a few minutes. Today, Sam wants to talk about garbage time, three teams that are not really happening this season. Uh, we're going to start with the Dallas Mavericks, who are about the least happening of the not happening teams. What's wrong down there in Texas, Sam?
1: Yeah, I really, uh, before we really hop into it, I, since we're going to be talking about a uh, nerd from a team perspective i I just want to gloss over what the the difference between a a team nerd and and player nerd is similarly to to team nerd uh uh, similarly to player nerd i should say team nerd uh, represents a team's cumulative efficiency on both sides of the ball The, the difference being that uh player nerd is is uh league average is zero and it goes positive negative whereas team nerd it's it's uh the league average being 50 and it goes up and, and below 50. And uh, it, it's really the, uh, each team's projected winning percentage over the course of 82 games. So mm-hmm. uh, if we're looking at the, the Warriors, for instance, are an 83-team nerd, which means that we would expect them to win 83% of their games. So... On the flip side, uh, the Dallas Mavericks are just a 22-team nerd, uh, which means they're very bad. And that's reflected in their 3-14 record. (laughs) Um, And they rank inside the bottom eight in both offensive and defensive efficiency uh, so far this season. And and what's worse is that every single player that's in their regular rotation uh, has a negative nerd with Salamejri and... Nerlens Noel being their only rostered players that are in positive nerd.
0: Seriously? Only two guys above
2: zero nerd? Yeah. And Nerland's is like severely in the doghouse. <sighs> right. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So it's, it's, it's very telling. And especially when you look at what Wesley Matthews is a negative 1.6 and Harrison Barnes is a negative 1.1. 1. 1. Uh, I mean, these guys, they're, they're playing these veteran players 35 minutes a game, both of these guys are playing 35 minutes a game, uh, with Dirk Nowinski also being a 0.7, playing a, a huge chunk of minutes too, and he gets a little bit of a pass because we know what he is in the past, and we know how good he's been, and, and he's Dude's a Hall old. of Famer, he's, he's their all-time best player in, in probably in franchise history, so... He does get a little bit of a pass. I'll, I'll let that slide. Oh, he gets but...
0: a lot of a pass. He can do whatever he wants. He can sit in the <laughs> recliner at midcourt as far as I'm concerned.
1: I, I'm with you. But <laughs> but these other guys, they really can't. Uh, Wesley Matthews is, is 31 years old. He hasn't been very good for the last couple of years. And and Harrison Barnes is, was was very inefficient last year. He's getting a huge contract. These guys are playing way too much. They should spread out their rotation, get some of their younger guys uh, some, some more minutes. I, and, and, yes, I realize Dennis Smith Jr. is already playing close to minutes minutes a game and he's actually been the least efficient player in basketball according to our metrics but if you're a lottery team and you want you want your budding stars to play through some growing pains and the math should figure that out soon so if i'm a fantasy owner i'm definitely looking to sell my dallas vets uh specifically west matt and harrison barnes and and even uh i might even drop dirk which which i might do uh tomorrow after he plays tonight.
0: So. Oh, that's that's heartbreaking to think about dropping Dirk Nowitzki. Um now Russell, my question to you is why would anybody have taken Harrison Barnes or West Matthews in the first place?
2: Yeah, I mean West Matthews was kind of a late round guy anyway. You take the flyer just cuz you know what he did in Portland a few years back. Uh Harrison Barnes is one of the most overrated guys in fantasy. He yes. like I've always looked at him as a bust. Uh you know, he he's in the situation now where he's putting up close to 20 points per game, but I mean the rest of his line is pretty empty. His Shooting split is pretty meh. I Like, there's really nothing there to 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 make me want to own a guy like him. He's a very much a good stats bad team guy with a very very empty calorie line. So, uh,
0: I guess the solution to some extent is just play Dennis Smith 35 minutes a night. See what happens. Um, now, I'm envisioning in Sacramento right now. I'm seeing Vlade Divac. In his office, legs up on the desk, got a cigarette in his mouth, a cigarette mm-hmm. in the ashtray, probably one on the windowsill, about to make some ridiculously bad trade. The Kings have by far the worst nerd, te- the team nerd, uh, in the league. Is that right, Sam?
1: It is correct. They're an abysmal eleven point nine team nerd, which Die. means we expect them to win just over ten percent of, of all the games they play. Which, which, if if it was eleven point nine percent, they'd win single digit games. Just th- think about that. But, I mean, Sacramento has been the least efficient offensive team in all of basketball and ranks third worst in defensive efficiency. And and Costa Kufis is their only positive nerd player that's playing more than seven minutes. Oh, a game. So that's just painful. We're, we're looking at a pretty awful team, but... But one thing that the Kings are doing that I like compared to what the Mavericks are doing is they've really spread out their rotation. And, and they actually are, are playing uh, nine different guys 20 minutes uh, or more a game. And mm. and De'Aaron De- Fox at 26.3 mm. minutes per game leads the team in minutes. So uh, we're looking at them giving some run to some of their young guys. But but I think what they really need to do is is commit to playing their youth and not playing guys like George Hill and – and Zach Randolph, as much as they are, they need to really scale these guys back and commit to you know being a lottery team and seeing what they have in guys like the aforementioned Willie Colley-Stein, Scott Labissier, Bogdan Bogdanovich, one of my favorites, Buddy Heal, Justin Jackson. <laughs> they have a good young core of talent. Let's see what they got. Play them more, ride them out, and uh, embrace the tank.
0: Now, how does this um russell uh this this odd minutes balance impact fantasy owners you, you've got you've got a whole bunch of guys playing twenty twenty five minutes that's not really appealing
2: yeah I mean that's typically a type of situation you want to avoid uh it it's It's funny because in fantasy hoops it like a being a bad basketball team doesn't always mean bad fantasy returns like you can have good players uh that give you good uh, numbers on bad fantasy uh, on bad real life teams we've we've seen it time and time again every year but the, the, the important point is consistency and if you've got a team where you know people aren't getting consistent minutes then they're not giving consistent returns like we talked about willie collie Stein in the last segment like I like him, I like the idea of him, but there is some inconsistency <laughs> there. In a, you like the concept of Willie Collinstein. <laughs> uh, I do, exactly. Um I like hyphenated names, I guess. But the <laughs> the whole idea is that I um you know I, I there's still gonna be that, that inconsistency with the minutes, so um I'm a little like weary on owning almost any of them now that i like when you look through the roster like george hill hasn't really been george hill and in, mm-hmm. in, in his current role uh zach randolph is, is obviously in decline um guy the younger guys buddy Heald, willie collie stein uh Scott none of those guys are really like breaking out it's uh and even darren fox he's he's playing the, the most minutes on the team, but I mean, he isn't, hasn't been very efficient and mm-hmm. he's, not, he's not killing it quite yet. No, so, and 26 I, I
1: minutes is not a, a huge amount.
2: No.
0: No, I, in terms of fantasy, I, I think the only thing the Kings are good for at this point are a DFS dart throw. You, you might pick a night. Okay, well, I have $4,500 in my FanDuel budget left and what the heck, I'll throw it at Zach Randolph. Maybe yeah, there, he'll get up. there's a, like a,
1: definitely a couple guys to monitor as the season progresses, but right now, it's, it's a landmine.
0: Yeah, it's a landmine. Um, so we're not going to be talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves today, which means I don't get to yell in the menu Belica, but we are talking about the Chicago Bills, which means I get to yell, Cristiano Felicio! Now, Sam, aside from my yelling, why don't you like the Bulls?
1: Well, the, <laughs> the Bulls have been pretty terrible in their own right. Cristiano uh, Felicio! <laughs> uh, well, he's been pretty terrible in his own right, but I mean... They're, they're the second-worst team uh, in terms of both offensive and—well, uh, in terms of offensive efficiency, they've been pretty middle-of-the-pack defensively. But what the Bulls have done is that they've really been leaning on their young talent, uh, and it's really paid dividends for them and for fantasy owners. They were mm-hmm. almost forced to play Laurie Markin in huge minutes when both Bobby Portis and Nikola Miritich were KO'd by the Bobby Portis <laughs> sucker punch. Uh, but— that never Mark- gets old, too. <laughs> <laughs> nope. uh, he's he's been outstanding. He's posting a 0. 0.4 nerd so far, and, and he's been a top 50 fantasy asset, which is great. And similarly, Justin Holiday and, and Chris Dunn have been thrust into major roles and are returning top 100 value at this point also. I, I still don't understand why they're playing Robin Lopez 30 minutes a game, but but that's another conversation. And for the most part, they've been doing a good job of, of getting their young guys into the rotation, letting them work. And, and they've been paying dividends, and we get to see what they – what they got and now when they you know are figuring out how to fill out their roster moving forward they'll they'll have plenty of tape to to make decisions
0: uh conveniently enough uh it's a perfect segue over to our plus minus segment where russell will tell us who we must add or subtract from our fantasy hoop squad and uh russell you're you're kind of intrigued by these chicago bulls yeah
2: yeah, this is a perfect example of what I was saying, where you can have a bad team with good fantasy returns. Like Sam mentioned, uh, Laurie Markkinen is really tearing things up this year, but you've also got guys, like you mentioned as well, Justin Holiday, Chris Dunn, and now Denzel Valentine as well that are putting up, like, you know, showing that they're going to be top 100 guys. And, I mean, someone has to has to... You know, eat up that usage and get get some numbers for a team for an NBA professional basketball team regardless. So mm-hmm. um, it's just a matter of them being able to do it consistently. And that's, that's what's happening here. So the, the guy I'm most interested in out of the guys I just mentioned, I, like I like what Chris Dunn is doing. He's putting up top 100 value on the season, uh, top 65 over the last week, despite coming off the bench behind Jerry and Grant, who isn't really doing a whole lot. Um, dunn's not only a hot hand worth grabbing for his decent all-around line and sustained success but also for his higher ceiling because eventually mm-hmm. he could steal that starting gig from grant like he's he's probably earned it even to oh, this he, point. No,
0: he'll be starting by the definitely the all-star break if not sooner yeah exactly Jerry so I, not I look even at him
1: as best up, grant jeremy is way better Go orange <laughs> there's
2: that <laughs> um, I just, I see, I see Don as a must add right now because he's giving you decent enough value now and he has a higher ceiling. So he's only owned in about 50% of Yahoo leagues and only 20% on ESPN. So he's a guy that I, ah. I'm running out and grabbing wherever I can. I, I, I grabbed him in a couple of places just this morning, actually. Uh,
0: another um, another but- couple guys to keep an eye on uh, Russell, uh, David Nwaba will be coming back from injury, and he was putting up some you know crazy Andre Karolinko numbers across the board for a couple weeks before he sprained his ankle. And if Zach Levine is still out there on uh, somebody's waiver wire, uh, he's a good stash. He'll be back in mid September or excuse me mid December.
2: He's a great stash, yeah. And the the only thing is that with, like right now in the interim too, is if if you have uh, Justin Holiday or, or Denzel Valentine on your wire, uh, which they're, they're out there on a lot of wires, mm-hmm. while you're waiting for Levine to come back, both those guys are playing very well. And I, I'd want to own Holiday first, Valentine second, but like which, whichever guy is available there, you can add him and kind of, I would write it until Zach Levine comes back and even like he'll probably take a bit of time to get... You know to come back from that ACL tear, so uh yeah, bulls are put there's a lot of good production on the bulls to be had, so i i'm uh, I'm adding them where I can like those guys that we mentioned
0: and fortunately, you don't lose significant points for horrible defense, which is something they specialize in um you're digging on uh, the Brooklyn point guard situation, what's going on there, Russ?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not digging on D'Angelo Russell's uh, knee surgery simply because I have him in a couple places, but um, he had arthroscopic knee surgery uh, last Friday, and now he's without a timetable to return, but obviously it's going to be a few weeks at the very minimum, if not a month or more. Um, And Spencer Dinwiddie is starting in his place, and he's actually been a top 30 guy over the last week. Um, He's putting up, like, tons of points, threes, rebounds, assists, steals, decent ratios. Uh, he's even been playing well enough on the season overall to have a top seventy-five ranking in uh, in in nine category leagues. So you know, uh, I want to own that guy right now. He, I mean, Russell's eventual return will wreck his value, but um, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll play well enough over the next little while to carve out an increased role, uh, even when Russell returns. Regardless, uh, well, right now, while he has that starting role, he's a must. He's a must own, must start, uh, and he's only sixty percent owned on Yahoo and thirty percent on ESPN. So he's out there; he can be had.
0: Uh, Sam, the the Nets play with a, a whole lot of pace, so if you can get exposure to that offense, that's not a bad thing. Is Dinwiddie the guy to help you do that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, a lot of times when you see quick pace, there's a lot of turnovers and a, and a, sometimes less efficiency. But Dinwiddie's been pretty efficient. He's a zero point nine nerd player on the season, and and is getting close to top sixty value the last ten games. So uh, really great uh, ad right now.
0: Cool. Uh, And uh, Russell, what's going on down in Memphis? There's a whole lot of uh, lineup machinations happening. How can we as fantasy owners take advantage of that?
2: Yeah, I mean, like I'm going to mention a few guys here that I'm not like super thrilled about necessarily to run out and grab. But they are guys that are uh, the three I'm going to mention are all under 20 percent owned uh, pretty much across the industry. So they're, they're available. So even if you're in a deep league and you're looking for some relief, these are guys that you could be looking at. The first of which is Chandler Parsons. Um, listen, Parsons has been not really great over the last couple of years. We'll talk
0: about a, a walking injury, too.
1: Yeah, one of y- yeah, the worst exactly. contracts maybe ever. God, yeah. He gets oh, paid big, for Big nothing.
2: time. Big time. I mean, last year he had a completely injury-riddled stinker. Uh, but let's not forget <laughs> that before that uh, he had four, four years of being a top 80 player, two where he was ranked exactly 35th. I mean, 35th is not nothing. So the upside is obvious. He's back in the starting lineup now. Um if there's gonna be duds, he's gonna be inconsistent, but I mean his needle is pointing slightly up over the last little while and he's available in under twenty percent of leagues, so um sorry, over eighty percent of leagues. So I I, I'm willing to take a flyer on him now just to see if he can return to form. Mm-hmm. Um another guy, Jamichael Green, uh who's the rightful heir to Zach Randolph's power forward minutes now that he's not in Memphis anymore, R I P grit and grind. Um <laughs> But Jermichael Green is back. He had a he's had a bad ankle injury that kept him out for about a month, but uh, he's back now. So he's a double double waiting to happen. He's got good ratios. Uh, he hasn't really made a big impact yet, but uh, you know that could be coming. So he's a guy that I'm a- adding proactively in a couple of places. And finally, Mario Chalmers. Not super. Never been a super big uh, Chalmers fan, but Me. Conley has a sore heel and Achilles and is out for a few more weeks with that uh chalmers is going to start in his place he'll give owners the occasional three assists deal while filling in so he he's a good uh short-term option for for people in need of a point guard so i'm not super thrilled with the grizzlies fantasy options outside of like you know mark Saul, conley when he gets back and Tyreek evans has really been tearing it up but um these three guys are, are at least temporary options where you kind of monitor what they're doing they're at least watch list ads if nothing else um so you know so, uh, something to watch there
0: and I, th- I think something that uh, isn't repeated often enough, frankly, when you're talking about fantasy basketball, minutes. you got to get the minutes. And if Mario Chalmers isn't going to have minutes, you want him on your team. Even a guy like a Tony Snell is only good for minutes, but in those minutes it's production. Uh, Sam, how do you feel about the Memphis trio that, um, that Russell's all high on right now?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good look. I mean, Jermichael was the guy we, we expected to have that, those minutes in the first place and then he got hurt now he's coming back and it looks he's starting to look good parsons has has been a a really good player as russ mentioned and he's a 0.8 a 0.8 nerd player right now in a limited role so far this season he looks not quite back to form i wouldn't say considering the limited role but he's looked good in what they've given him and and i know russ said he's not a, a big fan of mario chalmers and Neither neither was LeBron, and and they won a ring together. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think it, g- given uh, the the question marks and uh, you know about Mike Conley, Chalmers is going to see close to thirty minutes a night, and and is pretty productive when he plays. So yeah, all, all three of them are, are plus players in in this situation, and I, I would pick them up if you if you're if you need some value.
0: Uh, our last ad of the night is uh, from the woefully nerd-deficient Phoenix Suns, right, Sam? Yeah. N- ner-
1: they're, nerd they're, doesn- they're, uh, they were on the borderline of teams I wanted to talk about today. They're fourth worst.
0: <laughs> but what saved <laughs> them was Alex Len, who Russell is all about today. Why are you liking Alex, Russ?
2: Yeah, I like Alex Len. He's been a bit of a tease the last few <laughs> years. Like he, so Every now and again, he'll play a game where he'll put up like a monster double double, a couple blocks, high field goal percentage and then he'll just disappear for two or three games. Um and of course that's going to continue to be a worry but, uh but you know, you can't deny the fact that over the last week he's uh he's been putting up that mid-round value. He's been good for th- three, you know, three or four games in a row. Um he always has that chance to be a double double guy with a block per game, good percentages. Um it is troubling that this front court uh, in Phoenix, ha- now has Tyson Chandler, Greg Monroe, and Alex Len. But the- as we're saying, the Suns are so bad. This is one of the last years that you can really truly tank in the NBA with the lottery reform coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't see why a team like Phoenix would care about you know giving minutes to Tyson Chandler or why Greg Monroe would be a big part of their plans. Like if one of those guys gets traded or bought out, I could see like you know you could see Len having a a bigger role and. Just basically right now he's playing well, and I'm going to add him because he's free in a lot of places, and, um, you know, you'll play through some duds and everything like that, but, uh, uh, you know, especially in, like, a keeper league or something like that, I've always seen Len as someone that, like, once he gets that opportunity and once a couple people are out of his way in the rotation, I think that he, he could be pretty good. So, I mean, the Suns have to go full youth eventually, right?
0: Uh, frankly i'll be shocked if um both monroe and chandler are still on the roster after the trade deadline uh I, I, chandler's a perfect ad for a, a team looking for a leader and, and, and a, a whole bunch of rebounds he's still good for that uh sam how do you feel about alex Len, or, or is the sun's inefficiency such that it's just not even worth it
1: no russ covered it uh pretty pretty well i mean uh we talked about greg monroe last week he's a he's a buyout candidate uh, and and I would be very surprised if he makes it uh, pat, uh, even to the trade deadline, let alone past it. And uh, Chandler, I mean, he still plays good defense, and he and, and and he can rebound, so he's a valuable piece. But but Len is is the, has the more upside, and and he's a point seven nerd player so far this year. So he's been playing efficiently, and I mm. think if he gets a, a a crack at the starting role and the and the true thirty minutes per game, uh, you know, role in that offense, uh, he could really put up some some real value in fantasy
0: um can we uh russell make a little bit of fun of the phoenix suns now when we talk about mike james
2: (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) um it's funny because mike mike james came along this year like out of nowhere no one had really heard of him he wasn't drafted anywhere in any fantasy leagues and if people say that he was they were lying um or they're friends of mike james there's no Um, way (laughs) he was drafted (laughs)
1: even the the deepest of formats He's like I mean, a twenty-eight-year-old journeyman. He's not twenty-eight. He he's like thirty-seven.
2: The, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they thought it was the other Mike James, like the really old guy. But I'm anyway.
0: a I'm a Mike James birther, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but
2: anyway, his uh, his early season was obviously surprising. He capitalized on the Bledsoe situation and the fact that Tyler Eulis wasn't really ready. But Ulis um, wasn't over his starting job ready. Wasn't well, ready. Isn't, isn't okay. Wasn't ready to even start, let alone do anything. <laughs> but anyway, still he's still not. But right now, Eulis has the starting job. It took it about 10 days ago. Mm. Um, and James, who was starting and, and doing well in that role, hasn't really thrived off the bench. It looks like they're in a bit of a timeshare now, which makes neither of those dudes very interesting in fantasy. Um, a lot. I know a lot of people grabbed Mike James early in the season. He had over 50% ownership uh, pretty quickly there. And like we said, no one drafted him. So those were all people that are in active leagues picking up a hot hand. Um, but uh, it's dried up. I mean, the guy still has a two-way G League contract. He could uh, still be sent down if things don't work out any better than they have been the last little while. Um, so, if you added him early and and got your hopes up, I' sad to say that uh, I don't think that whole thing is going to work out. So, I would say, you know, it was fun while it lasted, but you can you you can get out now. He was an okay, ad uh,
1: on this very podcast a few weeks ago. Yeah,
2: absolutely, and he was. And, I mean, that's the important thing is to, is to keep 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 the the listeners updated. Like, you know. We say add one week, we say buy one week, we say drop. Those Those things can change. They absolutely can. So yeah. you you, you, you got to flow with the situation 82 here. games is a long time.
1: 82. So,
0: guys, I want you to feel sorry for me because on Sunday night I watched a good solid quarter and a half of the Chicago-Phoenix game. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Uh, Sam, how do you, you feel? You lose a better <laughs> <laughs> I was tired. Uh, Sam, how do you feel about Mike James? <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, Russ Russ covered it pretty much. He's he's averaging only 20, 20.3 minutes over his last five games. That like like the three teams we discussed earlier, the Phoenix Suns have to go youth, and Tyler Ulysses has more upside uh, than than this twenty eight year old guy who came out of nowhere. So thirty seven. Yeah, I think I think, <laughs> I think they need to uh, turn to Ulysses and see what they got, and even if it's bad, and Mike James is is not gonna have any value the rest of the year.
0: Mike James does have some nice tattoos. Hey, guys, thanks a lot. Great stuff. Uh, We're going to close this out with Alan's eye test, which is usually my look at the NBA week. That was utilizing my eyes, low on numbers, high on eyeballs. This week, however, I am going to rock it Thanksgiving style. So my daughter Zoe is four now, and thanks to me, she's endured way too many sporting events on TV. I'm actually pushing for more, and some would argue that would make me a genius father. The kid doesn't like to miss anything, thus she's always a, she's always been a horrible napper. Back when she was a little itty-bitty stinker, as is often the case with parents of babies who don't nap, I used to take her on many, 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 many walks through our neighborhood park in her stroller in hopes that the little girl would get some rest. My go-to park is surrounded by an oval-shaped mile-long concrete path. On the south side of the path, there's a fenced-in area in which dogs are allowed to run and jump in. And on the north side, there are slides and swings and a couple of basketball courts. Naturally, I always begin our walks heading north. Now, on the day in question, Zoe was, as usual, in dire need of a nap. And despite her innate good nature, she was being super fussy and super indecisive once we got to the playground. I want to slide. I want to swing. No swing. No slide. No slide. No swing. I want to stay. I want to go home. I want to go... And eventually I put her back in the stroller and gave her some milk and resumed our walk and crossed my fingers she'd not off. But when we arrived at the basketball courts a few minutes later, she said, I want to watch basketball. And who, was, who was I to refuse? So the local boys and men ran up and down the court hurling ill-advised threes and playing Toreador defense and whipping the ball around with little regard for their teammates' fingers. And Zoe was transfixed. For the first time all day, she was content. Five minutes later, which is a long time in the day of a two-year-old, a skinny dude named Carlos threw the ball over the head of a chunky dude named Dennis, and it landed a few feet left of our stroller. Being a good neighbor, I jogged over and tossed the errant ball to Dennis, and he thanked me, then looked at Zoe and said, "'She got next!' I said, "'Don't joke, dude. She's got handles.' Carlos yelled, "'Probably better handles than you, Dennis!' all the shirts and skins cracked up and then went back to the business of playing horrendous basketball. And a few minutes later, I peeked into Zoe's stroller and said, OK, sweetie, time to go home. Immediately, she started bawling and with tears streaking down her face, she cried, I want to watch basketball. I want to watch basketball. And for that, dear listeners, I am thankful. And those are all your points of the pain for today. <laughs> but Russ Sam and I and maybe Zoe will be back next week with more ups and downs and pluses yeah, and when, minuses. When
1: is Zoe making her podcast appear? Oh, she'll be she'll be here, don't you worry.
0: And if you want to follow us on Twitter, Zoe does not have a Twitter account yet. But me, I'm at Alan Gulcher, A-L-A-N-G-O-L-D-S-H-E-R. Russ is at Rusty Pedal Bike, R-U-S-T-Y-P-E-D-A-L-B-I-K-E. And Sam, the Brick House, is at Real underscore House, Real H-A-U-S-S. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to Points in the Paint on iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And to get a taste of some more number-centric goodies for each and every sport, as well as some wonderful articles by Russell Peddle, visit numberfire.com. For Russell Peddle and Sam House, I'm Alan Golcher. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week, and have a fantastic holiday.
2: Unless you're in Canada, just have a fantastic week.